0: <laughs> Kate! Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix
1: show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we
0: about it. We need to Louie. talk to someone about Louis. <laughs> Mary Bowling! Kate! The day has come. Our podcast is finally walking
1: <laughs> walking <laughs> out of here because we are recapping our last episode.
0: Of season two. I know. All, this is a monumental achievement, Mary. We've recapped uh how many episodes? <laughs> That's one, are one way now? of saying it. It's like over a so hundred. So many. Um yes. And uh, this baby race, which we're talking about today, marks the last episode. We will have officially recapped Every single episode of Bluey made so far. Um, yeah, we're going to have to find something else to talk oh, about really yeah. until season three drops. So. Someone on Twitter did
1: suggest Do you think Ludo is just waiting for you to finish recapping oh. so they can drop season three? I'm like, I, don't I wish think it works like that. <laughs> That's I don't think we very have that considerate much to if that is the case. But no, I think they've still got another. 20 episodes to make before yeah no maybe not that many but uh yeah I think there's still a couple months off yeah yeah the answer
0: yeah so we're gonna have to work out what to do in the meantime I'm thinking some special guests maybe a few bonus episodes dropping between now and then um yeah
1: yeah, we, we could do a roundup of all the podcasts that exist about Bluey now because... Oh, yeah, there are quite a lot of them. Yes, yeah. They're, I'd love they're popping to think up. we
0: were the OG, but, um, yeah. Definitely. But, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: the original but not necessarily the best. I don't know. You have to decide. Listen to all our episodes and then <laughs> uh, let us know. But, um,
0: yeah, it's it's a thing. Oh, well, you know, it's not a race. But it was a race. A baby race. I think we both feel a bit about the podcast like proud parents watching babies taking their steps. <gasps> proud parents but trepidatious parents still is probably the thing. It's still oh, like- uh, <sighs>
1: uh where to start just cut, with baby let, race. Let's just
0: cut to the chase. I mean, how much how much post traumatic stress disorder did this trigger <laughs> for you watching baby race cuz look I, I I think being a parent is the most amazing, wonderful thing, but it's also so hard and especially the first time around because you, you're you fed this narrative that you're going to know what you're doing and the reality is no one has a clue. Like, you know, for everything in life, you're waving. <laughs> it, yeah, it's hard. Come here. Have I told
1: you the story of when you took your first steps? Oh, no. Well, it all started when you were still a baby. I know so many episodes of this season, we started with, oh, my gosh, it's about the pandemic. And, Kate, uh, are you going to hate me if I do it one more time? Like, Yeah. I watched Baby Race and just was like, oh, wow, it is like it is what we are living right now because, you know, dealing with all the changes that come with a pandemic are a big thing and uh foreign thing and a lot um but i thought chili in this episode and her reaction to well i am out of my depths i don't know you know don't know what to do with this and and i have to do something her reaction was very relatable to not only like drowning in that early early parenting days but also drowning in what, what am I meant to do here? Yeah. And yeah, I think, um, it made me realize that, yeah, uh, so much of our lives pre-children, like for, well, not for everyone, obviously, but for a lot of people, you do try and live a fairly in control life. You, you minimize the risks, you, you know, build, build up all these structures that tell you I'm in control. And, yeah, parenting and a pandemic just throws that out the window.
0: (laughs) So is this a lesson in um, being okay with uncertainty and, um, I don't know, finding finding meaning in your own journey even when you can't control the outcome?
1: I think it's realising, yeah, that you have to be okay with uncertainty because, yeah, what what is the alternative? Like for all Chilly's book reading, it isn't actually the books that deliver the answer for her in this episode. Mm. And I think, um, you know, I've seen so many responses in these past 18 months to the pandemic of, you know, remember those early days where we all started talking about flatten the curve. We just have to flatten the curve and we all know what flatten the curve means. (laughs) oh man it, we are terrible at flattening the curve as it turns well no we we've done it and then not done it obviously but Victoria is pretty good but, you know we all became <laughs> um we all became experts on the data and experts on well exactly what had to um, happen epidemiologist. we, we yeah. just have to do this and then we'll be in control again and it's on both sides you know the 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 protesters who don't want to wear a mask just want to be in control of their lives and the people who are so sure that if just everyone would just get vaccinated then we'd all be in control again like yes that that seems like a good outcome to me but it's it's not polar opposites they're both on that on that circle of actually just wanting control and yeah, control is hard to come by when you have small people in your life.
0: Yeah, really is.
1: But I wasn't having that.
0: 99 bottles of thing on the wall. Aha!
1: It's fun to
0: crawl. <laughs> oh, how good is crawling? It's better than rolling. <gasps> yeah, my knees! Let's start at the start of this episode, okay. Mariel. <laughs> okay.
1: we, we have skipped a bit. You're we have right. skipped We're a a bit... Pandemic. Pandemic.
0: Am I better at the monkey bars than Bingo? Well, you are two years older than her, Bluey. Am I better than judo? So um, Bluey is on the monkey bars, which to me was a nice little hark back to Wagon Ride that, you know, like she was talking about how she could skip bar and things like that, which were um, you know, in that early episode of Bluey, um, the one that we based the name of our show on, Yes, um, going back there. And there were a lot of references to kind of things at the beginning, I think, through this whole episode. And Bluey is talking about how she must be better at judo because judo can't do these things. And I guess this sort of starts as a low-key smackdown <laughs> for a trash talk, really. <laughs> I'm not. Judo can't do skip bar or backwards wander. Well, she'll get there one day. But am I better than her on this day?
1: Absolutely. And but how do you put your kids heard, back in their place? Like when they're. Oh, clear. You've heard every kid you've ever known say it. Like, I'm the fastest. Like, I got more. I, you know, it's everything is a race. And you're like, well, is that human nature? Or. And then. I actually had flashbacks to like every time, you know, you're trying to get your kid out the door and you're like, I'll race you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, is it us making everything a race? And in my case, <laughs> yes, definitely. What have I done? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Chili's answer, it's not a race. You can see why Bluey doesn't quite accept it on face value because many things are races. Yeah.
0: And then we get into this story um, I think where, you know, Chili starts telling Bluey about when she was a baby, Um, firstly, before we get into the actual, like, baby Bluey situation because can't even deal with how cute this is, um, bingo. Like, just, I am living for bingo throughout this whole narrative. Like, she is just, like, embracing the fact that none of this is about her and, like, she's just like, Hang on, where was I? You weren't born yet, sweetheart. Ooh, I was invisible I was invisible (laughs) I'm just like yeah you own that girl Uh,
1: (laughs) oh man yeah you just want the spin-off episode of this where actually (laughs) bingo is invisible and pre-born yeah (laughs) narrating life before her from another just sitting there eating popcorn in that meme you know watching the drama (laughs) um oh so happy making it all
0: started when you were still a baby So that first scene watching Bandit lying on the carpet and drooling and then Bluey drooling on the carpet yep. as a baby, we actually saw teasers for um, like watching baby Bluey um, when they were previewing the, the new yeah. Blueys. Oh, man, didn't that uh, just went off on socials.
1: Stop the internet, kill the internet.
0: Um Explode it was like the internet. No, it was like um
1: break maybe, the internet. Break the internet. That's like <laughs> oh Kim's man, well, we are, are old and tired. Yeah, yeah, break the internet
0: definitely. Yeah. You <laughs> know, I think there's a term for us now. But like, I was reading some article the other day. It was like, we're called no, we're like geriatric millennials. Or oh, something what? Because like <laughs> we're at the older end of the millennial scale. I think it goes millennials go down to like I don't know people who are like twenty five now and. Apparently, anyone above like thirty-seven now is considered a geriatric mer- millennial.
1: Uh, well, worse if you're having a baby, uh in your um, our age life. Yeah, uh, it's from thirty-five that you get called a geriatric pregnancy. So, for the medical world. Oh, yeah, just snuck tough.
0: in there with Joe, and um, yeah, was not happy about the concept <laughs> that someone could <laughs> that potentially
1: that l- threat. Yeah, you up.
0: She rolls over! She's not meant to do that for ages! Oh, that's my girl!
1: Ah. Okay, so yeah, we've established we're old, but uh, newborn babies, (laughs) not really so much.
0: No, and Uh, how adorable is it? Like, just that initial, like, seeing baby bluey, (gasps) A, just like, oh my god, cute. Um, Yeah. But then also, like, just seeing, uh, Alpha parents, Bandit and Chili, just looking tired and wrecked and walking around doing 99 bottles of thing on the wall and, yeah.
1: <laughs> no greys in their hair, though.
0: Uh, no. Yeah, I will note. So, um,
1: yeah, whether that was natural ageing or the kids themselves that brought that on, I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> Probably the kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 let's face it. It's, it's the kids.
0: Um, but, yeah. Um, and bluey rolls early, um, which, I mean, it's so exciting when your kid meets a milestone, let alone if they're doing it ahead of every other kid in <laughs> mother's group. Yeah, Olivia well, was an early roller. That was my big triumph. I was like, I got to mother's group and she's rolling from forward to back. Awesome. And everyone was just like, oh, wow, it's very, it was literally people were saying, oh, that's very advanced. Oh.
1: Living and then best
0: chilly life <laughs> oh it was a glorious week i can tell you now and then yeah it all fell apart when she was probably about four months so um well not fell apart we just got to know who she was so um bit by bit um but yeah i don't know did you have any mother's group experiences with like overly <sighs> smug mothers coming in and being like look they can do this so no i think our mothers' group met for the first
1: six weeks, maybe, and then oh, did it go for longer? But no, we we dissolved very early, and I don't know if that was because everyone was very nervous and didn't want to be able to compare, or oh. everyone had terrible sleepers and no one was prepared to move when we could catch up so everyone <laughs> could catch up at the same time because right. someone was going to be tripping a sleep schedule. Um, right. So, yeah, no, Mother's Group wasn't very good for comparisons. But, yeah, like the the milestones thing, I think Age and I had the benefit that we were never reading up on them. Like we were always at least a week behind in, you know, whatever we were meant to be reading. So we would <laughs> read the book like, did that happen? Oh, I can't remember a week ago. <laughs> and, and yeah, sometimes I think um, we were trying to keep track on uh, The Leaps. What is that book?
0: Oh, like um, The Wonder Weeks. The Wonder,
1: yeah, The Wonder Weeks. And so every, different things happen in different weeks. It's like and an app, yeah? Yeah, we didn't have basically the app, we, we just you had the you, book. Oh, the app yeah, yeah. would have been more helpful. But, um, but yeah, we were always Behind on our homework, and then sometimes we'd read it and like, oh, that's why that happened. And then sometimes, we'd see, I feel like leaps. Our baby's broken. Yeah,
0: I feel that leaps, leaps like met- Mercury retrogrades. Like I don't really understand them or why they happen, but you know, it feels like you can just blame bad yeah, baby or, stuff or possibly, on like the leap.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's very useful like that. I think. <laughs> Were you proud of me for
0: rolling over so soon?
1: Yes, a little too proud. I think I may have turned into a bit of a show-off.
0: Oh, I've never heard of a baby rolling over that early.
1: I know. She's just special. But then Chili's concern with, you know, meeting milestones or not, then sees her reporting in to the doctor again and again. Yeah. Yeah, which to me was odd but actually might have been your experience.
0: Um. Yeah. So I had no idea what a baby. And, and I know this sounds completely naive. I had no idea what a baby would be like because I had one younger sister. Um. Who at that stage didn't have any children. Um. We were some of the first among our friends to have kids. So mm-hmm. I. I really went into parenthood. Not really understanding what babies were meant to do and when and how they were meant to behave and those sorts of things. So I was actually really unconcerned a lot of the time. And looking back now, having had other kids who um, are typical, like with Joe and Will, and like I remember when we had Will, I was just like, oh. Oh, like it was a real kind of like, oh yeah. that's why that that's why the pediatrician insisted we saw her every few days for the first six weeks because right. she didn't understand certain things about Olivia, but for us, like they were there was, I mean live it took until she was three to be diagnosed um because she her, she's got a very rare variant of a very rare condition called Clafstra syndrome. And um you know, at that stage the technology to diagnose that just didn't really even exist, so you know it didn't show up on the traditional um, microarray, which is like mm-hmm. a, a genetic test Wow, um yeah, it's level one, and we needed genetic test level five, basically, to get her oh, her diagnosis, so yeah, looking back now, and I remember the first inkling we had um. The first inkling I had that something just wasn't right was actually going to mother's group and it was probably um, sitting around, I reckon the babies would have been like maybe five or six months and I had a a wonderful mother's group Mm -hmm. um, with just the most beautiful humans. We're still all in touch on Facebook and um, we try and catch up when we can. But, yeah, uh, it was very clear early that Olivia had a heart condition but everything else she seemed to be smashing her milestones. Um, like she was a very early roller and she was very chatty. Um, we got some feeding issues sorted out and then she was putting on weight like there was no tomorrow and she just seemed quite animated and happy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I reckon it was probably around that five, six-month mark when all the babies started rolling, crawling, sitting, and even things like eating food and, like, holding their own bottles and holding toys and stuff. And it was sort of like Liv wasn't meeting any of those milestones. And, you know, there were a couple of kids that were kind of in the same position. They were like, oh, I'm not quite there yet. So Uh every week we'd turn up and they'd be like, oh, yeah, she said the first word or they they started waving or they started clapping or started sitting and oh someone says said mum and then Liv didn't have any teeth and other people getting teeth and I was sort of like oh god like nothing to report this week and yeah yeah and I remember like I think we had a heart appointment or something else like got in the car after a mother's group and thought oh well that's good like we're missing next week because we've got the appointment so there'll definitely be something in a fortnight's time yeah and right. then a fortnight later I was driving away and I got a bit upset because again there was just nothing that happened for all these other babies more was happening so yeah um yeah so I think watching baby race there were definitely like memories of that coming up for me like watching chili struggle through you know is there something wrong with my child and obviously bluey seems like a very typical um yeah healer yeah. um whereas you know for us our stories um been a very beautiful but very different one um a few things sort of stood out for me it was like that support of mothers group and how crucial it can be but yeah. yeah that that overall message of running your own race and i'm i'm sure that would have resonated for just so many parents because even though our experience was probably on the more extreme end there is such divergence and diversity among all kids you know and yeah whether it's having a child that just won't sleep or Um, you know, or is hitting those milestones a little bit later or, um, you know, like we all hold such worry I think (sighs) as parents and it sits on your heart and, uh, yeah, someone wrote a quote in a card when Liv was born that um, having a kid is like putting a bit of your heart in another person's body and watching it run around (laughs) and Uh, it's so true. Totally. Um, yeah. I don't know, Mary. Did it resonate for you? I mean, I'm, even though our experiences have been different, I'm sure there would have been moments where you were just like, what am I doing?
1: <sighs> Absolutely. And just like to to someone watching this episode who maybe, who hasn't been there with a newborn and even like I I was trying to think what parents, this sort of representation of parents group might look like from that, you know, non-infant rearing um perspective um and it does look a bit weird that women just might get together on a weekly basis and then just compare their babies for an hour session and that was it and- <laughs> but but it really that is kind of what's happening in that space because that baby and what it's doing is so much your whole world like Yes, you get to know the people in your mother's group eventually as something other than the the carrier of this baby who whips out breasts yeah. <laughs> and, cl- and changes nappies. And, yeah, there's no other friendship you know. group where you see so much of a person like uh, just
0: in the early doors, really. Yeah, so but
1: yeah, it was a real flashback to just how overwhelming it was, and also what kind of not could make you snap, but I I was I pictured myself like in those early days and Bon um my eldest was uh from from the hospital he wasn't putting on enough weight and they um wanted me to be pumping as well as breastfeeding to you know try and kind of up supply and make sure he was getting enough so you know you you manually pump the milk out and then top him up with bottles and um, try and breastfeed him as much as possible as well, and it I can remember being on the couch, like pumping in one hand, feeding him in the other, and age walking past, patting me on the head, and going, "Oh, moo cow!" And
0: oh like, my god, did you just want to uh, stab him in the uh, face? face? Like,
1: my instant reaction was just, "Yeah, like red rag." <laughs> <reaction. laughs> <laughs> but but, it, but like looking back was like. You know, in that moment, it was like, "Is this my life now? Like, am I just going to be sitting here with my boobs out for the rest of ever?" <laughs> like, because that feels like it's already been the rest of ever. So, yeah, it's that Chili's overwhelm and just kind of, yeah, I was, I was relating to that sense of, "What am I meant to do here?" And um that must be normal, right? That it's comforting that Chili feels.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of found it weirdly comforting that Chili had felt that as a parent, I think. Mm. Yeah.
1: I don't know, kid. You didn't come with instructions. And, you know, this episode definitely isn't a cautionary tale. You know, as much as Chili says at the start, just run your own race, it's not a commentary on Chili saying, She shouldn't be worried about this. Um, Maybe a commentary on
0: Nana (laughs) Healer
1: putting down the oil. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) Now, let's talk about this because I think we've all had that relative that's Mm. just taken. Uh, a very different approach to parenting let's stop mucking around eh? a bit of olive oil on those knees will do the trick but how is olive oil gonna help (laughs) oh my goodness Mm. mom what are you doing how good's that line to you know (laughs) i don't think that's legal anymore Um, (laughs) wow i've never heard of a baby getting olive oil on the knees but yeah i was even trying to work out how it would work like you know basically the Like, Bluey's just falling with it, like, smacking the ground. Um, Yeah, you
1: you would think it would be equally hard to walk in olive oil as to crawl in olive oil.
0: Yeah, like, surely, like, spreading it all over the floor isn't Uh, conducive to – and then she's, like, trying to get grit out of the pot plant. I'm like, if you're putting down grit, why are you putting down oil? Like, just uh, the whole thing was confusing. But also (laughs) very, like, yeah – it's, yeah, it's interesting how parenting changes from one generation to the next. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, things become old school quite quickly. I think. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I remember really someone telling me them. about like, oh, just um, uh put put a dummy with a bit of honey for in the cot for the baby, and then they'll find yep. it in the. So it's like, you don't give kids sugar, like you know, it's like that's yes, yeah. Honey for
1: babies was a big thing when. Uh, yeah, when I had little brothers and sisters, but I don't know if that was like recommended at the time or that was just passed down from the last generation as well. Yeah, I don't um, know.
0: Because now but, it's like, no, do not give before they are one sort of thing. So, mm.
1: but you know, who knows? By by the next generation, it's probably, you know, put peanut butter on their dummies so then don't have
0: peanut allergies. <laughs> oh, like peanut, even, and, be, even between kids, the advice changed. So, oh, like, really? Yeah. Okay. So, Liv, it was like, no peanut butter until after one and then with joe it was like no give peanut butter at like four months like you right. know, like one of your first foods oh, well, peanut butter see how are we expected to know what how? to do honestly no one <laughs> knows what they're doing <laughs> this is the uptake from that um, where to from here bum shuffling rolling uh, shuffling. what did you have in your house May?
1: Uh, no bum shuffling but it's so adorable i kind of wish it had happened <laughs>
0: Um, well, since Baby Race aired, Will, my four-year-old, has um, every now and then he'll just do a bum shuffle and oh, and yeah, declare okay. bum shuffle and then just race around um, because he thinks it's hilarious and it is. It really Pretty is. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He
1: hasn't convinced Joe to go back to
0: some bum. No. Lane. Joe is obviously just striding around the place at this um, point. But Joe is one going on five and <laughs> – Um, Just wants to do everything Will's doing. But, yeah, hasn't convinced him to do the bum shuffle yet. So, uh, yeah, wait and see. And I was just bum shuffling around, you are definitely
1: not winning the baby race. So bum shuffling then also to backwards crawling. And it's I know most episodes of Bluey is about a game, um, but unless the game is baby race in this episode, like the baby race... There isn't such an explicit game, but uh I've gotta I love the just early sign of bandit the bandit to come when as soon as Bluey starts reverse crawling he's beep beeping like yeah. <laughs> reverse. Uh yep, love so it. Yeah, he's already making things a game.
0: Um and, yeah, we, we know how that's going to end up. Um, how good is it looking around their playroom and just seeing, like, minimal baby stuff? Oh. And you can tell that they would have been the smug people, like, you know, chilly even at the end saying, oh, sorry, the house is a mess. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, you don't exactly. even know. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> just Strap yourself in,
1: kids. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but, no, that I thought that was really gorgeous. Did she crawl? Yes. Hooray! Hey! That <laughs> beep, beep, beep. <laughs> the episode, I guess, kind of turns when, yeah, things are going wrong and, no, things aren't going wrong. Things uh, aren't meeting Chili's agenda. Mm. And um, we go yep. back to the playground and Bluey asks, Are you upset with me that I lost the baby race? It's been quite hijinks up to here, but mm. I feel like the episode really turns there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's emotional, isn't it? Because I thought Chile did such a good job of articulating what a lot of parents feel at that time. It's sort of like, but in a really um, caring, compassionate way that you can only do retrospectively. Yeah. So, you know, like it's easy for like you and I now because, you know, our kids are a bit older for to go to a new mum and, think you know you're doing such a great job with what you can do at the moment and you're finding your way and that's really hard and learning how to do new things and finding a new identity Mm. like there's a lot to process I think particularly with that first child because you know you question who you are as a person what your values are you know how how do you identify yourself um away from the workplace if you're taking time out and Um, You know, and how do you marry that with this new identity as a mum to someone Mm -hmm. and how does your relationship with your partner, if you've got one, change as well? Um, Yeah, there's a lot of um, emotional labour there. So, yeah, I just thought the way Chili explained it was really um, genuine.
1: No, sweetie. Look, we were all learning to do things for the first time. It's kind of a sign that Chili has done... Done the work. But then at the same time, to someone who's in those weeds in the moment who watched that and saw Bluey ask the question that, of course, is going to get the answer. Bluey, like, of course, I'm not upset with you. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah. In that moment, I think Chili realizes, how could I have been upset with myself either? Because, yeah, yeah I'm, you know, I, I'm a newborn mom, just like a, a newborn baby. And it's such just in that split second and in that back and forth. Um I think that really just captures the heart of this episode that yeah you go easy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just felt like I was doing everything wrong. Aren't you going to mother's grid? <sighs> yeah, it's a cute. It's like he was born in it. A- <laughs> um we've talked about baby Bluey, but we haven't talked about the baby other characters. Like oh, yes! super cute. Um, I would love to see. I mean, as a separate merch side, like the baby characters, oh, like please. being released in yeah. some either plushies or like little figurines. That would be mm-hmm. amazing. Um, maybe not the little figurines; they'd probably be quite small. But you know, like just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be just it the would be hazard
1: range. Yeah, um, but yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that also. And actually, when we first went to Ludo. Um, and I uh, interviewed Joe and met the team. I remember Merch was about to come out and Daly Pearson, um, the producer, was explaining to us that he wanted it to be like the Muppet Babies series yes. that, Mac has had, that McDonald's had, you know,
0: back when we were little. 1990s, early 1990s, I reckon, yeah. or even late 80s.
1: Possible. Oh gosh my grandfather yeah,
0: yeah. ate so many terrible cheeseburgers so that he could for, collect for the set. Yeah.
1: Oh that's so good. I know. Um,
0: so I think
1: it would already be in the team's head that you know a series of baby figurines is very important for mm, uh, mm, historic mm. purposes and yeah surely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! I just can't keep
0: track of her. So we see little judo, and she's she's getting close to winning that race. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also meet um, the other mums, like little baby Snickers, adorable, <laughs> and baby Coco. And Coco's mum is played by um, Lee Sales, who also yes. plays the ice cream lady in Ice Cream. And she is, um, if you haven't caught up with our ice cream recap yet, um, she is a preeminent Australian journalist. um, She hosts a program called The 7.30 Report, which is known for its tough grilling of political figures um, on the issues of the day. Um, And she also has an amazing podcast called Chat 10 Looks 3, which may or may not have inspired our foray into the podcasting world. yes, (laughs) yes. lovely to see her take you on this role because she has young kids herself. So, um, you know, she is a mum who has been there and can offer that advice. Um, Not nine, though. No. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a plot twist of this episode. Are these
1: all your children? Yep. I thought Coco was your first. No, I've got eight kids. Wait, no, nine. Ah, It's so good you know standard for a dog to have a big litter though so you know it's pretty actually pretty amazing that all the other dogs just have one child yeah <laughs> at that point i wondered i've heard um joe brum uh the creator of bluey say a lot that you know he's tapping people like so a lot of people are coming to him saying can you get me a roll? can you get me a roll?" uh yeah. with people close to us may have done that um Uh, Like us, Uh, but also um, (laughs) he's sort of, you know. I think we've been pretty blatant about asking for a role. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, subtle, polite, but yeah, persistent. Um, But yeah, he's sort of said, you know, he's asking people who he really, really likes, really values. And I feel like Lee might have ticked that box because um, it was a couple of years ago she put out a book, um, Mm. Any Ordinary Day, which is kind of not a memoir, but it comes from her own experience as a parent having um, kids with health conditions and,
0: like, the book is amazing. She It was her own reckoning really, wasn't yeah, it, yeah, that it kind exactly. of inspired her to seek out other Australians who'd been through that moment of reckoning and how they've their lives yeah. changed in that ordinary day to be yeah. something, you know, more heartbreaking, more beautiful, but, yeah, difficult yeah right.
1: just dealing with really you know traumatic situations so many of the people in the book have faced down a lot and a lot of it is parents facing that as well so um yeah i think probably would have been a good research book to read for this episode and i mm. think you can imagine that the ludo team would have been pretty happy that they landed someone who's got all that background for this such an important role for this episode even though it's only a few
0: lines like I feel like Coco's mum really has the line of this episode for me yeah um how could you argue with that I mean Melanie Zanetti actually flagged it when we talk, chatted to her earlier um in this season that you know that was a really important message for all parents to hear and yes Yeah, I think it is because, you know, especially if you're watching Bluey, you're probably very keen on doing a good job for your kid and um, just sometimes having someone acknowledge that can be the most powerful thing.
1: Wow. You must have learned a thing or two. I have. And there's something
0: you need to know. What? You're doing great. Is that the Brene Brown moment, I think? <laughs> I yep. think it might be or or is it the realisation that Chili needs to run her own race? Uh look, oh I think
1: she realises that she's she is she's running her own race by, yeah. you know, just by just by being there, by fronting up and making the chaos of the day and everything that's, you know, unexpected and not going to plan just Making it work and I don't think you can have one without the other. She, you know, she realised she was running her own race in that moment. And yes, she said it to Bluey earlier in the episode, but mm. it all comes from that that recognition from Coco's mum for me.
0: That was a real moment though for me, um, watching Chili going back to mother's group and just being there totally you know like just being happy for the other parents I think I really related to that because we definitely had those moments and Mm. um you know you have to uh be at peace um with who your child is and the beautiful qualities that they have and yeah it, it doesn't I think at some point you realise that it doesn't help you to be stuck in that comparison trap. Yeah. It's um it's hard though, because you're seeing things that you want for your own child. Um in others. Yeah, um I, I really felt that moment watching Chili going back and holding Judo's hand and like beautiful. Yeah, it was really yeah, if your eyes weren't dusty in that moment, oh, like you're probably meh, dead inside. <laughs> well done, Judo, you clever girl. So did Blue ever learn to walk? What a line. Like <laughs> I think we all needed a little bit of light relief at that moment. Oh. <laughs>
1: so, uh, uh, yeah, it's just a genius line. Um, But, yeah, to then go to the kitchen and... Man, is there anything not perfect about this scene?
0: <laughs> oh my God. Just, yeah. If you weren't already in tears, like this, this just finished me. I think I was, yeah, I was weeping for a good like 15 minutes after it finished. <sighs> um, because that last line, and I think for me, that, that like little bit from Bingo right at the end had to be my line of the episode like yeah maybe you just saw something you wanted and like watching chili as well at the time with like it was like that moment of realization where she's like something in the room is different and she turns around and then blue is walking towards her and she's yeah. got a tear in her eye <gasps> and like reaching out to hug her i just even thinking about it like, the are yeah. dogs it's a cartoon <laughs> like, you know, like how do they get it so bright <sighs> yes honey in the kitchen, actually. Why did I decide
1: to walk in the kitchen? I dunno, sweetie. It is so right. Um What
0: was your line of the episode, Mayor?
1: So for me, I think, um
0: Oh uh, it's a, it's a high um, yeah like every, every
1: every word that comes out of Bingo's mouth uh, is <laughs> is a hot second for me. But yeah, the you're doing great. Just three words, and man, it just we need it all somewhere prominent in our in our lives, in our houses, everywhere. Like it's
0: yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. You're doing yeah. great, babe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, are. we are doing great. Um not so great though, because we've skipped music and music oh. is so
0: key to that. Yes.
1: Uh final scene, I reckon. Um, yes. did you wanna dive into that?
0: Yeah, I mean, um so when we were talking with Joff, um, particularly in part two, a choir of Joffs, um <laughs> Joff Bush, the uh Bluey composer, he was explaining to us that they used um, Well-Tempered Clavier uh, by Johann Sebastian Bach uh, as sort of the the launching pad for this episode. Yeah. Now, um, the Well-Tempered Clavier was written as almost like a teaching guide. Um, so Johann Sebastian was sort of uh, rose to prominence at the end of the Baroque era. era. Mm-hmm. Um, so... A quick music history and styles lesson. I'll try not to get bulk- too bogged down. But the Baroque era, a lot of the music was held within the aristocracy. So musicians would be um, patronised to either a church or a court where uh-huh, they would yep. have to compose um, usually like pieces that showed off um, virtuosic, you know, traits and things. Okay. Because music was quite elite. Um, And then towards the end of the Baroque era, we saw um, a few things. So the invention of the printing press meant Mm -hmm. that music could be distributed. So that meant that composers um, could have their works relayed. So rather than just teaching people handwriting scores, they could be printed and distributed quite widely. And also this meant because um, music was more accessible, it meant that more people wanted to learn. The Industrial Revolution meant that instruments were a lot cheaper as well. So um, more people were able to get things like violins and pianos and want to start learning. So we went from this very like music is technical, only for the aristocracy people get paid to be the best of the best to um a situation where lots of people all of a sudden were like yeah actually I want to learn how to (laughs) fiddle me up Yeah, well yeah like you know taking it from those um more folksy kind of knowledge of music to something a bit more contemporary so then we had the start of the classical era um now Bach was the bridge between the Baroque and the classical era Mm -hmm. and um the Well-Tempered Clavier um, was a book that he wrote going through um, every single key on the piano. So there's 12 okay. notes. So um, the first one, which we hear, is the prelude in C major. C major is the easiest scale because you don't need to use any of the yep. – it's all white keys um, and the black keys um, are all the sharps and flats. Yeah. So, it's like the perfect piece for beginners because you're only sort of doing arpeggio scales, um, mm-hmm. but the way that they've been arranged makes it sound like a beautiful piece. So, rather than just practicing your scales, you can play Prelude in <sighs> C major. What a life hack!
1: Yeah. Man, if you wanted to learn like anything right now, you'd start that way, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So um, so this book became like the teaching book for how to right. play piano because it went through every single um, key change basically and gave you a piece of music that was sort of suitable for beginners but then got more and more uh, complex as you went through the book. And we know that Joff loves um, Johann Sebastian Bach. He's used his music, um, like "Sheep may safely graze" in Mums and Dads, and um, Brandenburg Concerto Number Five in Mm Stumpfest. I feel like there was one more, like a Prelude in F Sharp or something. Was that Post Postman? Um, Not um, um,
1: fancy restaurant.
0: uh, maybe. Maybe that wasn't
1: Bach. Anyway,
0: oh no, that was Brandenburg. Was that oh, Brennenberg yeah. there? Well, I thought mm. Brennenberg was in Stumpfest. Um, anyway, he's used Bach quite a bit. He likes Bach and Bach is well, basically like. the Justin Bieber of the Baroque early classical period. Like he was Got everywhere, it. everyone loved him, you know, hopefully not the whole yeah. other stuff that's gone on with the Biebs. Yeah. But he had fans. <laughs> particularly um, the prelude in C major is like, you know, you go on Spotify, it's number three on the Johann Sebastian list. It's right <laughs> up there.
1: <laughs> it had never occurred to me to look at uh, oh, what's top of the classical charts on Spotify, but, yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> oh, like,
0: yeah, I quite often will dive into a little bit of Mozart, Chopin, Beethoven, Bach, but um, that's just because I'm a nerd. Um, Well, you're not
1: alone actually because uh, on you saying that Joff loves bark, I was actually listening to a podcast out of the States that interviewed Joe Brum where he was very upfront. He's like, Bark is like streets ahead, my favourite composer, and yeah, so there you go. This podcast uh, really, uh, really deep dived a lot. Actually, um, we share a link, but it's called uh, "Talking Too Loud" with Chris Savage. Just a oh. bully fan out there, uh, but yeah, it dived into a lot of cool places, including the classical music.
0: So much love for Bark. Cool, And we all love a bit of Bark when it comes to dogs. So <laughs> perfect. Dina so bit you again. And just what did you do about this? Well, I tried my best. Uh, MVP of the episode, Kate. I was just Mm. about to ask you. Um, Coco's mum.
1: Like Coco's mum saves the day, but really, I mean, in my heart, it's chilly because she running her own race is such a race to run. Yeah, and yeah, there's just. There's so much love for that good dog there.
0: <laughs> and then you've got Bingo who's just oh, offering this gold on the <laughs> sidelines um, and Bandit who is like fully embracing Bluey throughout where she's at on this yeah. parenting journey, you know, and like, yeah, bum shuffle, you know, like he's so. <laughs> he is such a cheerleader for Bluey but I
1: did get the sense he didn't really know what to do with chili. yeah. Um, and that was another layer of this episode that was a bit of a heart-wrenching moment where all he can do is ask, aren't you going to mother's group? And he doesn't really have you know, the right thing to say. Like, t- does he encourage her to go? Does he, It's it's kind of just left hanging. But yeah, I think when we interviewed Joe Brum and he told us a bit about this episode, how he wrote the script, didn't love it, and then just left it there for his wife Susie to see. Well, no, he said she just found it, but Mm. (laughs) it sounded a bit strategic. Um, (laughs) But uh, and then it really resonated with her. Yeah, he was very clear. Like He wrote this about her experience because he felt removed from it. That's Mm. That's what I got and that's what I'm seeing from Bandit in this episode. So yeah. Not saying not MVP, but just saying (laughs) that, yeah, that's, it's, it really is, you know, you can have the best partnership in the world, but I think this episode is a nod to the fact that the mum carries so much because
0: it's, how else can you do it? Well, it's it's societal expectations. It's, you know, um, intergenerational expectation. It's um, (laughs) breastfeeding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god boobs like yeah the most amazing things really but um yeah just so I definitely can I remember my obstetrician coming in after I had William and being like oh you're a good milker aren't you <laughs> like, oh, just, no, no. that's just as bad as age obstetricians like, should know comparing better comparing <laughs> women to cows please um <laughs> Yeah, but you do feel like you're there, which you are, just <laughs> to provide nourishment. <laughs> like that's basically, eight hours a day is just feeding a baby. I had no idea that that was a thing until uh, I had kids or yeah. more. If eight hours is if you're lucky, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's a lot. Um. So yeah, MVP. Um. Oh, I want to say chili. But I think I'm going to go Coco's mum. Yeah, think because because it's that moment that lets Chilly know it's going to be okay no matter what. And I think we all need a Coco's mum in our life, especially in the newborn phase. To go, yep. you're doing great. And you know, maybe there's people watching this episode that don't have a Coco's mum in their life and they're feeling a bit alone. So hopefully mm. that, yeah, watching that relationship can. Give them a bit of inner strength that they they are also doing a great job.
1: Oh, you're so yeah. clever, Bluey. Yeah, I'm so glad she was there for chili. I'm so glad <laughs> I'm she was. there, there for, for really Chile invested. Too. To
0: say. I'm really invested in the emotional relationships <laughs> with these dogs. <sighs>
1: that shouldn't surprise us by this point. No, should it? No, it shouldn't it surprise anyone by this point. <laughs> for far too long.
0: Um. Uh, Anything else from this episode? Did we t- we sort of touched on our Brene Brown moments? I feel um, uh, this whole
1: episode is a Brene Brown moment.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I heard a sneaky rumor that you've been
0: listening to a bit of Brene. Oh, uh, I have. I oh, I feel totally. like we
1: you know let's let's deep dive this in a, a special episode where we okay. just do Bluey versus Brene and we yeah. can pull out all the all the Bluey relevant Brene moments or vice versa. But um. I have had, you have talked for so long about listening to Brené podcasts and I've always kind of, there's so many that I've just never known where to dive in. But then I noticed on my feed, um, on her Unlucking Us uh, podcast feed, she was just doing a six-parter based on her book with- um, The Gifts of Imperfection. The the Gifts of Imperfection with her sisters. And so already that was so many- Uh, layers of interest for me because sister relationships are so interesting Mm. but uh, also uh, imperfection feels very relevant to me at the moment. So, yeah, (laughs) that was um, felt very bluey relevant because it's all about um, identifying in yourself what you need to let go of and what you should embrace and uh, play and joy and, yeah, it was made me think of Octopus a lot actually which we recapped a few weeks ago, not, you know. Uh, because yeah, the, the sliding scale on that, what they call a guidepost is, uh, letting go of what other people think of you and just wholeheartedly embracing, um, joy and music and, um, and dance and, you know, being an octopus occasionally, I suppose, (laughs) um so yeah i've been loving that have you have you been smashing that one i
0: haven't actually listened to that one yet i've listened to half of the first episode and then they're like if you haven't done the quiz you should do the quiz and i was like oh i'll stop and i'll do the quiz you I were so done the virtuous quiz.
1: i i got to the end i'm like i should really do that quiz now <laughs> I <all> that time.
0: <laughs> no i was like like i don't know it's probably because I don't know, Catholic guilt or something. I was uh, like, yeah, oh, okay, no, fair. they told me I need to do the quiz. I can't proceed. But I'm probably a bit more uh, mature like I'm that.
1: Fair that. I'm deeper in my imperfection than obvious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, I haven't listened to it as a result. But um, she's just come back with Dead Al-Aid, which I adore and listen to religiously every week. Yeah, and the episodes have been getting longer, much like ours, and I'm like, oh, oh, wow, I'm here yeah. for this, like. I used to go for a half an hour walk to listen to it, and now I'm like this is going to take a couple of sessions. Like, you know, it's an hour and 20 minutes now for a podcast some weeks, so...
1: That's so funny. I was noticing that about another podcast the other day and I can't remember what it was. But anyway, I'm sure that Does that happen with all podcasts? Maybe. You (laughs) love the sound of your own voice more and more until you fall into the pool of your own reflection. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway.
0: Parenting in particular, there's so much to talk about, right? (sighs) It's not even parenting. It's just being a human. Like life is a lot. I don't know why (laughs) I'm only just working this out now, but like life's a lot life's hard no one tells you how hard it's going to be like whether you've got kids or not it's it's really complex and and like all of a sudden you're the grown-up and you've got to deal with all this stuff and I just I look around sometimes like who put me in charge why did you do that (laughs) like like Uh, like like I'm here to say that life's hard and life's a lot and if you're feeling it that I don't know I don't even know if it gets better but maybe we just get better at finding ways through or because we've mm. already been through stuff you realize that you can make it through but yeah yeah it's hard Without
1: finding the relevant bluey episode i think yeah that's <laughs> <Yes>. important i <laughs> probably no comfort to you but i would like to say i'm very glad you're in charge kate mcmahon oh, <laughs> you're doing an amazing job
0: you are oh. you are <laughs>
1: Okay, so we are at the end of season two. I've got one piece of quick mailbag that came from uh, lovely Claire on Insta who, man, just cuts right to the chase. I'm insulted that you guys don't love asparagus. So, Kate, I felt like we had to respond to that. Oh, yeah. She's just found us. Uh, I guess asparagus was one of our early recaps and, yeah, the the one episode that we agreed wasn't our favourite Bluey episode, <laughs> whereas all the rest are, I guess. Um, so, yeah, lovely Claire said it's a family uh, favourite episode at their place Uh, she'll let it go but everything about it is perfection so uh, perhaps time to revisit asparagus in all this free time we're gonna have now that we're not uh recapping season two um but yeah she said thanks for the podcast it has given me an outlet so i think that's all we ever wanted to achieve we've got to be done right i'm happy with that if that's the best thing we can do great (laughs) i'm all about the outlets um we were wrapping season two but I think we might pop up here and there before season three drops. As few... we have important things to share, right? Yeah.
0: I think like as things come up, we're gonna try I mean, try, you know, getting us to stop talking about Bluey for, you know, oh, an indefinite period of time just yeah. seems completely unreasonable to me. So I
1: guess our alternative is just like bailing up randoms in the street to tell them about <laughs> Bluey. But
0: yeah, this this seems to be working for us for now. <laughs> Um, but we'd like to keep the conversation going. So you can definitely um, keep in touch with us on our socials um, until season three drops and we'll have some bonuses oh, in between, hopefully. Um, so you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. We are at Bluey Pod, or you can also find us on Facebook by looking up Gotta Be Done, the Bluey Podcast. Please give us a follow. We'd love that. Um, on Twitter, you can find us at, at Bluey Podcast. On Uh, email. It's blueypod at gmail.com. And please remember to rate and review if you're liking what we do. Um, It's a really nice free way of other people being able to find our podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, While you're there, uh, loving us on all the socials, uh, you should definitely Check out um, the amazing art of uh, J.F. Tranquil, who made our gorgeous uh, Got To Be Done dogs that are on our logo. Um, Ari Danaher-Flavel, who does our music as well. Thank you so much for uh, all the cool little sounds we've been able to put into Got To Be Done uh, yeah. this season, Ari. Um
0: what a season it's been! Thank you to the people we've chatted to as well. Oh yeah, it's been a good one. We've had Joe Brum, we've had Geoff Bush, Melanie Zanetti. Um, Man, yeah, what a dream team! Like, I, I, like, oh, so and that's good. before I even talking about the episodes. Yeah. I mean, so many good episodes in this last drop. I'm so excited for season three, Mary. Oh. We've been told that there's um, some great um, stories to come. Some of Joe Brum's new favourites. So, yeah, fairy tale. I think um, he mentioned as a standout and, you know, I've heard that there's some very special, special guests for season three. Um, It's it's all going to be special, right? Yeah. So (laughs) it will be great. Um, yeah. Can't wait. We've said a million times we would be
1: doing this if anyone was listening or not, but the fact that so many of you have gotten on board with, all our endless stories that you're even coming back at us with your ones whether you've been with us from the start or you've just found us we're so glad you're here and thank you for
0: keeping on keeping on just thank you very much everyone for joining us in the wagon because it's been great
1: uh but mainly Thank you to you, Kate McMahon, for making this podcast happen week after week by being at the other end of the microphone. Oh, uh, Mary, thank you for
0: doing literally everything else to get this podcast <laughs> off the ground and keeping on not rolling. True at all. Uh, look,
1: the the main work of this podcast is just being a cross bluey and I think I think we've
0: nailed it. You're doing great. Um, so great.
1: Uh, great. Kate, I will talk to you so soon. But in the meantime. It's <laughs> gotta be it's time. gotta be done.
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye. Are they happy tears, mum? Yeah. Happy tears, honey.